request that everybody stays calm at the current moment, for there is a zombie apocalypse currently happening on the west coast. Do stay inside. Do not go out under any circumstances. If any zombies happen to get into your house, shoot them in the head or remove the head from... Well, hello, 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 and welcome to yet another PaulCast, often copied, but never duplicated. I am so geeked to talk to my guest today, and if you already know who I'm talking about, then you are one of 6.5 billion people on the planet who already know about the hippie of human resources, the pompous of pizza, the general of geek, none other than Mr. Steve Brown. If you've ever been at an HR conference, you've already met and been hugged by him. But don't worry, only the exuberance rubs off. The tie-dye stays put. Anyway, Steve is the executive director of La Rosa's, a great regional pizza chain headquartered in Cincinnati. He's a member of the Sherm National Board of Directors, a keynote speaker, HR evangelist, wonderful human being, and now author. His new book landed right around the time of the National Sherm Show, and it's called HR on Purpose, Developing Deliberate People Passion. And if you know Steve, you know there are at least two exclamation points in the title. He and I chatted at Sherm, and I wanted to get him on the podcast to talk about his book and also to find out what J.K. Rowling's is really like in person because, you know, famous authors always hang around together smoking clove cigarettes, so I'm sure he has info on that. But anyway, let's get on with this, not just listen to me. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Paul. How are you, man? I am doing great. You know, your introduction is just so much fun to do. I don't, a lot of them I have to work at. This one just kind of flows out of the pen, man. So uh, thanks so it much. It was wonderful. Thanks. It was wonderful. I was sitting here trying not to laugh. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was having fun, especially with the pompous of pizza. I was trying, I actually I looked up the word pompous because, you know, I knew you would know about it with your music background and everything, but there really is, yeah, yeah. there's no definition for that. That's a made up word that Steve yeah, Miller he made put. It up. Yeah. So I thought, there was some real real num- name i thought there was something cool behind it so i googled it before i put it in there and then when it said no nope, it's just made up i thought well heck i'll put it in there anyway it sounds like fun um and it's got a p in the front and you got pizza going so anyway thanks for being on the the paul cast i appreciate it so much i know you just got back from vacation where, where did you head out to my wife and i went to new england in the boston area and we did the non-historical tour the non-historical and- <clears throat> Yeah, we went to, you know, little New England towns and just roamed around and just kind of took in life. Ah. It was much different. Yeah, so I, you, I really enjoyed it. Trying to be a native and not a, a tourist, so to speak, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I, I got yelled at by somebody when we went to Paris one time because all I wanted to do was sit in cafes and drink coffee and pretend I was French. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I tried to explain to him I had lived there when I was two, so it was old hat to me, right? <laughs> That's great. But anyway, but anyway, let, let's chat. I, I, I try to keep these to about 20 minutes just because people get tired of me quickly. They won't maybe with you on the phone, but are on the podcast. Let's talk about your book. So now you are an author, a famous author, hanging out with J.K. Rowling's and a few, you know, and <laughs> Patterson and the boys, right? But uh, yes. talk to me a little bit about the book, the, the HR on Purpose, Developing Deliberate People and Passion. Why did you write this book? It's one of those things that kind of catches you when you get around and speak, and I know you get to do this as well. You know, people say, "Boy, I like what you have to say. You should write that down." <laughs> and I thought, "Okay, well, sure." And everybody says it. Well, one day I was at a place uh, right up the road called J Taft. It's this little haunt bar that I have, 
uh, I didn't go to lunch and eat, not drink. Um, <laughs> but I was sitting there with my computer and I said, you know what, I'm just going to try it and see what happens. And once I started writing, things started coming together much, much more easily. And <clears throat> I thought I had a good start to it. And I talked to some people at Sherm and they said, hey, nice try. Went, oh, oh, what do you mean? And I had no idea what goes into a book. I know people can self-publish and, and do all kinds of things, but this was trying to go through a legit publisher. Hmm. And I had written 9,000 words and I thought I was done. <laughs> it, and they go, oh, you're not even close. So they came back and told me you know, how to format it and stuff like that. And then I did, had to decide, do I want to do this or not, honestly. And uh, I did. I, I wanted to make a difference in trying to put a positive spin on the field that I love. Um, I think it gets torn down every day internally in organizations and externally in social media and in the press uh, for no reason. I, I don't see any other field get torn like, down like this other than media, but that's a whole other political issue. Right. Um, right. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it amazes me, me that one profession gets such derision um, that's not warranted. Um, there's, there's bad people in every profession, but somehow HR gets a negative light. And I thought I'd try and change that to a positive one. No, you're, you're so on the money with that because I mean, there, there are for other professions, they'll talk about bad application. They'll talk like say marketing. Somebody will say that's a lousy marketing tactic or a lousy ad, but they won't deride the profession of marketing. You know, so it's very different. Uh, you're right. I see that so often. So I was happy when you came out with the book, you know, deliberate, developing deliberate people passion. And obviously I, I've read it and, and, and loved it and have a copy here. And so, but you know, I read it because A, we were connected and B, I just, I enjoy reading what you, you think. So who else should read this? Who is, who is targeted to this? I think it's anybody who deals with people. Anybody. And okay. I, I don't I don't mean to make that a broad sweeping statement, but when you think of uh, supervisors, the majority of their job is people. When you think of upper management, the majority of their job is people. The more I look at it, Paul, and I look at organizational structure, the majority of our day we talk about humans. We don't talk about things. We talk about things needing to get done, processes, procedures, uh, strategies, but without people, they're just ideas. So to have something that would frame how to deal with people better, how to want to work with people better, how to have relationships on purpose, I think uh, is missing in the business world. So for the audience, I think it's not just HR professionals. Now, on the HR side of the tablet, I think it's important to say you can do this differently than you've been taught. So specifically within HR, I think you can see it and go, hey, doggone, I could do that. And then buy into the Kool-Aid that they've been drinking for years. Well, that's true. I think, you know, you know, I, I've argued uh, probably ad nauseum about this whole idea that, you know, the, the human side of people is being ignored because we're so enamored with, hey, can I do a new technology that'll make things a little more efficient for me? And we forget about the need to be effective 
when we're dealing with people. Uh, so I'm, I was happy to see that come out. Now, I mean, it, it's not a long book by any stretch, but uh, it's not 9,000 words anymore either. It's a little, <laughs> a little bit more than that. Uh, but, but in there, there's just, it, it's jam packed. And, and I mean that because it's, you've got a good concept on just about every other page or so. But I, what, what do you think when you, when you think of the book, what are the big three ideas in there that, I mean, obviously they're all important, right? I, I don't try to, I'm not trying to minimize any, but usually there's a couple three that are just, if you get nothing else, get these three things. I, I think the main one, uh, out of all of them, there I have quite a few, but the one that sticks with me the most is putting people first. Um, we have just absolutely watered this down to catchphrases and posters and slogans, and there's entire companies <laughs> that do this, you know, where it's a lot of rah, rah, rah. Um, when you put people first, it's messy as heck. Uh, it's, it, it's, uh, it's challenging. It's, uh, tiring it's it's like a, a constant constant race however it's what they want and i think that's just so missing in organizations everybody wants to be engaged it's not i know that you talk about engagement all the time and it's been you know bantered around a million different ways and if we would just genuinely connect with people genuinely connect with them exactly you put them first yeah I, I think you're right on. I think that, you know, it's not that the, the, the engagement scores are low and it's not because people don't want to engage. It's just they're not finding the avenues for engagement. And I think, uh, you know, like you say, being human is a huge part of that because you can't engage with a human being unless you start as a human being. As soon as you start somewhere else, they're never going to be engaged. You know, it'd be, right. you know, trying to have a marriage with a text message all the time, you know, and only communicating via text. <laughs> it's not going to work, right? It's just not going to work. Right. So being human is one. What would be another big, big, big aha? I think the thing that's missing in HR is we're choosing not to thrive in what we do to really excel. We've, we've taken the moniker of support way too literally, where we're more like a desk clerk waiting for the next order to come in. And that's just a backwards look at our field. Mm. You know, we can be out front in, on the front lines in every department throughout the entire organization, making them succeed. And what is odd is, uh, and, and I know this is my personal filter, <laughs> but uh, I'm successful because I make others successful. I'm not successful just by focusing on me. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So. So having people thrive in what they do, perform. I mean, it, we've we've made it so metrics driven and so uh, report card driven <clears throat> that we're trying to force things to happen instead of allowing it to be a little more flowing in a continuum. Yep. Yep. Um, and I think that goes counter to what organizations nationally naturally live like. They move and they and they ebb and they flow and they sink and they rise and. We keep trying to make it very, very linear, and it, it won't work that way. You know, that's I, I hear you say that, and the first thing that comes to mind is I put something up. I, I can't remember if it was on Fistful of Talent or on HR Examiner, where I talked about the fact that HR is one of those things that you don't see the impact immediately, 
But when it's done well, you see a huge impact on the long term. I think it was, you know, there's a great quote on technology that we underestimate, we overestimate its impact in the short run and we underestimate it in the long run. And I think HR is one of those things too, is we underestimate what the long term impact of HR functions are, what they do. And we, we put such a short term focus on them sometimes that things just, it's, it's unrealistic. Uh, you know, you, you try to have a, uh, you know, the CEO is looking for a stock bump in the next quarter, so he looks to HR to fix that. Well, HR right. doesn't have those kinds of of, met, of, of business uh, challenges. They're not short terms, right? I agreed. And I think the real challenge in our field and in organizations is we're more, for, more focused on getting things done than to starting things over. And what I mean by that is, Everybody's doing a start-stop mentality. Oh, I got that done. Oh, I got that done. Oh, I got that done. And they wanted, what they're trying to do is go, oh, I can breathe a little bit, mm. which is awesome. Mm. But then it takes so much energy to start up again. Um, so what I've been trying here recently here at La Rosa's is I said, hey, it's a good start. Way to go. Great start. And they're like, no, I want to be done. And I'm, nope, it's a good start. <laughs> there, there is no finish line. <laughs> there is no finish line. And uh, that's very counter to a lot of organizational thinking because the idea is, well, if we don't have stopping points, we won't get things done. And that's absolutely not true. The whole idea of having milestones is to hit, reach a milestone so that you can go to the next one. But we don't use milestones in the way that they were, by definition, you know, what they are. Hmm. You know, we want stopping points to just go, ooh, hey, everybody get done. And if organizations do that, they have giant peaks and valleys. And that's very unnerving for people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Important. Yeah, I think that's important to think that there really isn't a finish line as much as it's just a, it's a continuous up, upgrading on, over time. And it's, you know, you might have little, you know, obviously you're going to have, okay, we got that amount, that, that communication done, but the process of communication continues. Just that one specific one may have been through the, you know, went out and got done. So let's talk. Let me ask this question is that, you know, how could people share What's in the book right now? How, how could they help with this message? I think the first thing is to, you know, own what you do. <laughs> um, I, I'm amazed by, I, I, I admire other people who say, I'm an accountant, I'm a salesperson, I'm a marketing person, and they're very confident in what they do. Um, once you have people in HR who go, hell yes, I'm in HR. And I love this. Yeah. That, yeah. Cha- that changes the tide right away. Then make your behavior match your passion. Don't just be a cheerleader, you know, live it every day and be consistent. So to take parts of the book, the, the reason I wrote it in more snippets versus a long drawn out novel <laughs> is, you know, take the piece that resonates with you yeah. and use that. Well, and I liked it when I was reading through it too, is it gave me the opportunity to come back. I don't have to come back in for a three hour read. I can come in for 20 minutes or 15 minutes and get something out of it. So I really appreciated right. that part of it. Just structurally, it was a good, it was good for me. So I think the, everybody keeps looking for the golden bullet or the silver bullet or whatever the proper analogy is. Uh, and <clears throat> I just don't think that's possible. You know, my company is different than your company. So when you read the chapter on culture, your culture is automatically different than mine. 
So in, instead of trying to look for the catch-all savior type mentality, you say, what components work for me? And then be a professional and apply it. Uh, I, I'm astonished by how many people just want to kind of have their hand held in HR. And I know that sounds negative, uh, but doggone it, you know, I'm expected to help change my organization for the better. And so is everybody else. Now, you, when you said that at the beginning, what was that again? You said that, you know, behave, um, you know, behavior, passion, and what was it you said? In whatever passion you have to have, you have to live it out in your behavior. So what you would, just, give me an example of that. I love that line. What would be a good example of that? Other than you, like you said, being so positive, writing your book about HR as a behavior, obviously that pumps up the, the, the brand or the, the practice of it. But how could a, a, on a regular basis, somebody, what would be an example of that? I think having the conversations people have in the hallways about people, changing that to having conversations with people. Uh, instead of me talking about Paul and complaining about what Paul is or isn't doing, go to Paul. Hmm. And uh, if if HR would do that alone, it would change organizations. <laughs> uh, we listen to every type of grouse, every type of vent, and that's fine. You need right. that. But you, we're not coaching people to say, well, gosh, if you really struggle with Paul, let's go talk to him. And, and let's just have it out, not discipline and, you know, right. process or pips or whatever they are. Um, I'm amazed by how many people want punishment versus conversations. Hmm. Um, I would much rather have a conversation, make you aware of the situation and say, OK, here's the path. Choose this one. It's like, you know, choose wisely. <laughs> right. You know, choose, choose this path and things are going to be great. Continue your behavior the way you're doing it. There's going to be consequences. Right. So I'm going to give you this chance to do well. And I know how this works. Uh, and just recently, I'll give you two quick examples. Um, we I talked to somebody at a senior level that we kept talking about that we needed to talk to. Best conversation I've ever had with that person. And it's continued a dialogue that should have been happening for years. I need to own that. It's not their responsibility. It's my responsibility as the head of HR to say, gosh, this shouldn't happen. I shouldn't have somebody that isolated at any level, especially the senior level. Then I also had a conversation where a frontline person who was trying to make a show in front of the rest of the team uh, you know, well, I don't like people talking about my business and da, da 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 da. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. Have you been sharing your business <laughs> in front, in front of the whole group? And they said, well, yes, I have. I said, well, you know what? That's kind of silly. How do you expect us not to respond when you decide to share it? It sounds like you want attention, right? <laughs> now, if you, if you want me to address the issue, I'd be glad to help you out with the issue. And I'm a safe person and you can talk to me and everything's cool, but you can't keep saying this right. and you and what and one of the people in the in the thing in the meeting said amen I said, all right <laughs> preach brother preach <laughs> but i think um you know being more intentional with people uh and, uh, and naturally intentional is needed well, I know that, that intentionality is one of your hallmarks, and I, I do appreciate it because I think you're right. I mean, you can't do anything unless you put it into action. So let me ask this thing about action. What's been the, the response to the book so far? 
<laughs> it's been incredible. I, Good. I, I'm, I'm shocked. Uh, I've had things where I, I've gotten notes where people said we're buying it for our entire staff and we're all going to wow. read it so we can learn what, you know, a different approach, um, uh, anywhere from a local church is going to do it and buy it from the entire staff. And then a manufacturing company just did it. Um, Super. so it's, it's gotten a great response so far. Um, my thing is, you know, it's great to say, Hey, I wrote a book. It's better to say, Hey, I'm trying to shape a profession. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that have written books. Uh, there aren't a lot of people that have changed anything, you know, cause I believe me, I could write a book tomorrow and nobody would read it and it wouldn't make a difference. But let me, let, I think that's wonderful to hear all of that. And, and I'm, I'm happy for you cause I know you as a human being and it's just good for you personally. So I'm happy for you there. Um, I think that, like I said, I think people should read the book. I knew when I read it that, like you said, for managers in general, just the whole idea of getting, um, you know, being a little more human, being a little more intentional, talking with, not around people, I think is a good thing. Um, all of those things are just back to the kind of, let's just be humans, right? Um, you know, that, that line from, um, what was it? Caddyshack. <laughs> let's just be human beings, right? So. <laughs> So let me, let me, um, we're running about 17 minutes or so. So let me close out with, um, some actors studio questions. I don't know if you've ever seen that oh, show, sure. but I, there's oh, some, yeah. I always like these questions because they're quick and easy and I'm going to go through them real quick with you, but uh, don't spend a lot of time. I'm just kind of curious. I think the audience would too is as you get more and more famous, we'll at least have some of the baseline for you. So what is your favorite word? Oh, geeked. <laughs> uh, because it's funny when I first did it, people go, you know, that's not really a word. And I said, well, prove it, prove me wrong. <laughs> and and now, and now I have people saying it all over the world. So I think, you know, it's going to play out. Perfect. What's your least favorite word? Synergy. Ah, why? That's, that's uh, made money for so many consultants. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's trite. I, I think people use it as a as a catch all instead of saying instead of saying what it really means. Like they want to pull people together and be collaborative instead of being descriptive to get more tight. It's a, let's have synergy. Well, what does that mean? It, it's just too too broad for me. Yeah. Okay. What is uh, your favorite sound? What sound do you love? Oh, uh, waterfalls. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Uh, Oh, well, in, in sort of, I was on vacation. I saw waves crashing against rocks in front of a lighthouse. I could have stayed there forever. Mm. Interesting. So what is your least favorite sound? That's a tough one. Oh, <laughs> country music. Ah, come on. There's always a couple of good ones in there. That's just fun to say. No, I... I I don't know if I have a least favorite sound, to be honest. I'm glad I put this at the end of the discussion. Otherwise, we would have people <laughs> shutting off right now. Um, all right. What is what what profession, other than the one you have currently, would you like to attempt? This is, doesn't mean you'd be successful. Just what would you like to attempt? Fun story. When I was in a, when you're a kid, they say, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? You had to draw a picture of it. And uh, I drew a picture of myself as president of the United States. Oh, my God. <laughs> and before all this craziness is going on, but I was like, huh? And my teacher's like, Steve, do you realize what you just said? I said, yeah, I, I, I could do that. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to do it now. But I, guess, I think it'd be fun. 
I think it'd be fun to do something to help help others. And if you could shape policy to really, yeah, yeah. really change the world, it would be great. Okay, and and, and here's the last one because we're run, this is just I, I have always had fun talking with you, so I could go on forever. But I do want to kind of keep within close to the bounds I've set. So, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Well done. Yeah, that, that that's it. Just that's all well you done. need, right? Yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. You, you you did the work and and thank you kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Well, last thing before we sign off, what do you want people to know? Website, Twitter. What are what do you got for me? Uh, people can get a hold of me anywhere they really want to. I'm very active on Twitter at uh, s brown hr. There's an e on the end of brown. Uh, I'm going to stay active on Twitter until it disappears. <laughs> uh, LinkedIn. You can get a hold of me, and then uh, Sherm. You know, I'm trying to make sure, along with many others, move ahead and help shape their professions. I think we are. Yeah. And I think you're helping. I, I do think you're having a positive impact, Steve. So well done. And thank you. Not to say that I'm taking anybody's place there, but well done. Um, I appreciate you and I appreciate all the work that you're doing. And for anybody else, don't forget, tune into the podcast. Go get the book. It's on where? At, uh, is it on uh, Amazon? Amazon, it's on an electronic, but you can get it at the Sherm store. So if they go to shermstore.org, I think it is, or just look up Sherm store on Google, they can get the paperback copy. All right. HR on purpose, developing deliberate people passion. So go do that right now. Thanks a lot, Steve. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate being on here. Okay. And we are done and out. That worked out so well. <laughs>